Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Eight o'clock hours. We try to get you to your weekend and your holiday as quickly as possible. Hopefully, if you're off, you're still toloing. As we found out yesterday with the thousands and thousands of minutes from the best radio audience in DFW, it belongs, in my opinion, to Sean and RJ, Bobby Belt in for Chop. Uh, We have Chris in for Peyton, and we're live on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. If you missed Mike McCarthy, you can hear him again at 840 this morning to preview the Dolphins. But this is Bobby Belt's Miami Film Room. So this is one where... I, I was really excited and interested to... Need your official picks, by the way, on the Chartrant.com text line at 877-881-1053. Please and thank you. This was one where it was it was really interesting to... I was excited to turn on and see. I wanted to see how similar is it to San Francisco, like, like we had talked about some of the stuff that we were asking about. I wanted to see what are the similarities to San Francisco. And the other thing that I wanted to see here was how how unique what Mike McDaniel does. Because, I mean, we, we hear a lot about it. People who watch them consistently will talk about it. And you'll see, like, a, a, an individual play where it's like, oh, okay, that was really impressive. That was good, whatever else. Uh, but I wanted to see consistently how unique his approach is. And, man, specifically in the running game, which the Cowboys clearly struggle with right now on run defense, the things he does with motion, play action, the design of the run concepts, it's it's genuinely fun to watch. Like, like it's objectively fun to watch some of the play design that he has. So how different from Shanahan? It's similar. It's very similar in the way that he likes to attack us specifically with the running game. The running game is very, very similar and the way they use their personnel and kind of dip into their bag and have these different formations and line guys up in in weird spots. It's very similar in that sense to, to Shanahan, but McDaniels definitely got his own flavor on things. And what you're going to notice is that this is going to give as much as everybody's happy with the Cowboys offense right now, this is going to give you a little bit of uh play design envy this week. Consistently, yeah. you're going to see some stuff and go, that looks like such a regular concept. The way he is, you know, we say you can't reinvent the wheel. He is reinventing the wheel in a lot of ways where it's like, it looks like it is a traditional concept that the way they attack it is so unique and so different from what we see anybody else do across the league, just with, the way they motion guys, whatever else. The beauty of this game is it plays off of each other. So one of the things that you'll see a lot is... And people have talked about Orlovsky, that the Cowboys really struggle with motion. Yeah, they do. It's one, They've struggled with eye candy for a long time. It's been one of their issues. And one of the things that they like to do with this offense is 
All right, let's throw a quick screen out here to Tyreek Hill. Let's just put the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands or Jalen Waddle's hands. Quick screen here. They like running these little running back flares. So they'll send guys out into the flat, just kind of pitch it there, get the ball out quick, get guys in space, spread things out with the formation, try and create some gaps and really attack it. And so that's all standard stuff. But what it does is it then lays the groundwork for, okay, we've established that we're going to throw these little flares in the backfield. We're going to throw the screen passes. We're going to throw these quick routes. And then what they'll do is just with some of their unique motion and how they run the ball out of that, you'll occasionally get these setups where two is sending motion. So that's going to naturally get guys going, okay, I got, I got to cover for this run here. And then you'll see at the snap, oh, okay, somebody's going out in the flat. It's okay. Here's this flare we've seen a dozen times. And it's all setting up to just open up the middle of the field and throw an 18-yard digger out to Tyree Kill. And that's where they've hit a lot of their big passing plays, has been setting it up with the quick stuff, setting it up with the run, presenting that it's a, it's a lot of diversion tactics it's basically just setting things up for the future so that you can hit those dig routes the option routes that we've consistently talked about here in dallas as man they were hitting a lot of them but it also caused some problems miami likes to run those they they like to run the dig which is the basically you run straight and just make a sharp cut towards the middle of the field you sure you know the route yeah I, Warner. I, I know it and then the post route so it's they've got the option a lot of times to send it to the post or just flatten it out run the dig um, but a lot of what they do is just to set up those type of big play throws. And that's where you're most going to find that Tua has trouble at times. Like if you're going to get Tua, it's going to be on he reads it wrong. He reads the option route wrong or he doesn't see guys dropping into coverage and he's just trusting. All right, this will be the same concept. Everybody will clear out and I'm just going to throw it. And he doesn't see, okay, the safety never moved or the linebackers dropped. They didn't come up. Uh, this game will come down to, for the Cowboys, how well your linebackers play. If your linebackers play well, the Cowboys will win this game. If they Ugh. play bad, they could get run. Because a lot of this setup that they do is going to be, okay, do the linebackers come up and open up the middle of the field for two to kind of pick them apart, get guys in space? Do the linebackers play discipline against the run? What are they doing there? So that's some of the conceptual things that the Dolphins are doing right now that's really really entertaining it really is genuinely fun to watch them do play design now Tua is very accurate Tua gets the ball out really quickly he and Tyree Kill have this just blind trust with each other they really do have a strong connection and there's a they're very much in sync that same sort of step that we've seen Dak and CD take where they just seem to kind of like read each other a step ahead and know their body language and what they're going to do that that's something that Tyreek and Tua have and Tua deserves a lot of credit for building that it's not just hand the ball to Tyreek and he's going to go make a play Tua helps elevate him as well I, I think that relationship in general has strengthened both of them and made them both better players so uh, I think that Tyreek Hill obviously even if he's banged up He's somebody who they have to worry about. Now, the, the good news is here with Dallas is that if you can keep Waddle contained, Hill contained in terms of you don't bite on some of this run stuff, maybe you get out early and they have to turn this into a passing game. They can't set up a lot of these passing concepts that they like to do because they'll be forced to throw the ball. They can't kind of methodically set up run game concepts and quick screens. They'll have to go into a track meet. And if they have to do that, Dallas is then better equipped, I think, to take care of some of these passing concepts and not bite on them because a lot of it is just about deception and fakes and bringing guys up. So we, we, we all worry about Dallas physically. What about their speed? Like, how do they match up team speed versus team speed? Miami is the fastest team in the NFL by far. Um, Dallas is one of the faster defenses, So, and sometimes that burns them. Dan Quinn talked about it on Monday that – some of the aggressiveness and the speed that they play with, it causes over-pursuit. It causes cutback lanes. This is a team that's going to take advantage of that. 
Um, it's funny. Connor Williams is out for the season, but he was one of the fastest timed offensive linemen in the combine when he came out. Teron Armstead, I believe, still holds the record for the fastest offensive line 40 time. What? And so we're talking about the speed doesn't just stop at the receivers and the running backs. Like, the offensive linemen are fast. Like, it's just a quick, fast, athletic offense. And we haven't even talked about the running backs yet. Raheem Mostert and Devon HN. HN is a guy who... Armstead, by the way, his PFF grade is still up there at an 80. He's been one of the most consistent tackles in the NFL for the last decade. He's he's really, really good still. Uh, he's been banged up a lot this season. He's dealt with injuries as that whole offensive line has. But he is one of the better tackles still and can cause problems for the Cowboys. But HN is a guy who... He's 5'9". He's under 190 pounds. He's, he's really, really fast, like track star speed, but that misses kind of who he is. Like when you watched Cook last week. A&M. When, exactly. One of the few things Jimbo got right. <laughs> when you watch Cook last week, it felt like how is he running like this physically and how is he this tough? Like he doesn't look like he has the size to be the type of runner that he's been in this game. And that's similar to A-Chan. A-Chan is fast, but A-Chan's physical. Like he'll hit, like he'll run into guys. He doesn't just try to run by him. He's physical. He's tough. He doesn't go down easily. It's a a really strong offense that when everything's clicking, when the blocking's there, when when the run game concepts are there, it's it's really impressive. One of the interesting things they've managed to do is you know how we always talk about you get what's blocked for you. The running game is just what's blocked for you. Yeah. And we running talk, backs don't matter. It's only the line. Well, in this case, what they get. With and, and I'd be interested to know, this is just kind of what I see. I'd be interested to know if this is intentional on Mike McDaniel's part. They have so much speed that their play design deception that causes the little hesitation and, and like, you know, maybe a, a misread at first, you've, you've burned yourself because they're so fast that if you have that hesitation, you've already missed the spot to where it's one of those things where even if the blocking's not great, even if your offensive line is a little dinged up, they can have success running the ball because they just cause hesitation with their design. And then their guys are so fast that they're able to get to the spot, pick up chunk plays. That's a lot of what they're going to do. So the key here in for Dallas, I think, is they've, just like Buffalo, and it's been a discussion this week, they've got to get out early. And, and it, it, I know, you know, Michael Lombardi said it, Mike McCarthy said it, they want to win the middle eight. They want to score, they want to get the ball back, they want to score again coming middle out of Middle eight halftime. is the... Uh, last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third. Right. You want the ball for the final drive of the half, and then you want to get the ball coming out, and then you can get back-to-back scores. It's a two-for-one idea, and it's great when you can execute it. Seattle executed against Dallas a couple weeks ago, picked up 14 points, made things really tough on them. It's bad when you're Dallas in Buffalo and you can't get anything going at all. Now you've wasted that opportunity. You've given them a chance to get out early. I would change things up in this one, though, just with the way Miami is. I would take the ball first because I think it's so important that Dallas scores out of the gate. And I do think Dallas will have some success scoring. Statistically, Miami is good on defense. Like when you look at their per play efficiency, they're top 10 in per play efficiency on offense in the pass and the run and on defense in the pass and the run. But where they they struggle a little bit is they're not very good in man coverage. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has played better this year, but they can you can get them a little bit with some double you think moves. He's still elite, like Cameron Wolf told us. He's he's playing ago. better than I thought he would. Like he's 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 definitely better than I had seen recently when he was with the Rams. And so he's played at, at a, a really high level. I think Howard is more susceptible. I think you could get at Howard a little bit. And he's he's kind of always been a gambler and done some of those things. Biggest thing here is obviously Tyron and Zach, if they're going to be available, because the Dolphins' pass rush is really good. And they can generate pressure. Mike McCarthy told us uh, earlier, you're going to hear it uh, at 840 as well this morning, 
He feels better, more optimistic about Zach than Tyron. Yeah, I think I'm leaning, I, just based on stuff I've heard, conversations I've had, I'm leaning towards Zach is playing. I don't think it's a guarantee, but I'm leaning towards he'll be available. I think it's unlikely right now that Tyron Smith plays. And so the offensive line is going to have to be good. They're going to have to cover their spots because you are going to need the passing attack in this one. You're going to need to be able to block up that front, which generates a lot of pressure. They have 48 sacks on the year of the Dolphins, and so they do get pressure. Bradley Chubb is obviously the big one that you got to worry about. But even after Jalen Phillips went down, they've gotten some really consistent pass rushing from their guys. So get out early, uh, take advantage of the passing attack, and just don't let Miami kind of methodically set up their passing game. Picks. Well done. Bobby Belt with the film room every Friday here on Sean and RJ. 877-881-1053. I asked Choppy for his because you, Ralph, and Peyton got the Buffalo game right. I got it wrong. So I wanted to get uh, see if Choppy could keep the hot streak going. Miami, 31-21, according to Choppy. Pro bettors are taking Dolphins at a 21% advantage per bet QL, but he's going Dolphins 31-21. What say you? I was going to go with Dolphins 31-21, but I want to be different. So I'll say that the Cowboys score a little bit extra. We get a Brandon Aubrey field Man, goal out of this. You and Choppy, think, why, are you, why are you keeping them just at 21 points? Um, Because I think that... By the way, the over-under is 49 and a half, so RJ had it going to... 52. I've got so I'm I'm going to take, take the over. I'm going to take 31-24. I think that just 31-24 who? 31-24 Dolphins. Um Dallas if I think it is really important that they get out going fast. Like they've got to get ahead early and and really kind of command the game. I just don't know that I trust that they're going to be able to do that. Um so I I think that ultimately Dallas only puts up 24 in large part because I think they're going to be put in some tough positions. They're going to have to press a little bit. And with that offensive line probably being a little depleted, that's going to put them in a bad position. 32-24 Miami. So a clean sweep on the show. Just too fast. Too much run game. Who's going to cover? What's the plan against Tyreek? Who do we want to see on Tyreek? A bland? I I don't (laughs) think they're going to travel. So Larry is painting me right now to visualize Stephon Gilmore running with him. I, I think it. I think it might be Gilmore a lot. Um, I, but I also think that they're they are going to play their sides. I don't think they're going to travel this game like they did with right. AJ Brown. But who would you prefer matched up? <sighs> you have to pick one. I I would probably actually prefer Bland because I think Bland's just a really good athlete. He gets a good read, and Younger. Tyreek's Tyreek's <laughs> game is not double moves, and that's kind of what has gotten Bland at times. All right, there it is. The picks and the preview from Roberto Belt, our Cowboys insider. Mike McCarthy at 840, but Luka Doncic is being absolutely disrespected by those that cover the NBA. I'll tell you how next. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Mike McCarthy coming up at 8.40 here on Sean and Bobby. Thanks for being a Tolo. That stands for Turn It On, Leave It On. Mavs against the Rockets tonight as the Rockets have had a nice surprising start to their season. Better than I thought it was going to be. But I'm very, very surprised by what you sent me last night with the MVP race. Yeah, because, you know, we've talked about how well Lucas played this year. And I know that you felt like... I know, hey. I, I know that RJ always kind of dismissed this improved conditioning factor, and he's like, you don't have to be all cut up to have great cardiovascular. And, yeah, that's true in some cases. Nine times out of ten, if you lose weight and you get in better shape, I'm going to believe that is better for your athletic performance. Better. I think, without a shadow of a doubt, we have proof that Luka Doncic has upped his game, and it's due – to the offseason work that he put in. You have all these former teammates from his Slovenian team talking about the nutritionist and uh, cutting out certain things and setting up a schedule. He took it more seriously, and he's talked about being able to run up and down nonstop right now. Getting tired is not a factor for him. It worked. I think we can say with no hesitation, the offseason worked. Yeah, and he's been, especially you know when you consider— And he the- looks leaner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you consider this section of time where, you know, Kyrie's been out or the times that he's missed games or whatever else, it's been kind of Luka against the world. And he's playing as like as efficiently as he ever has in his career. He's averaging a career high in points. Uh, his three-point shooting percentage is up by a couple percentage points. It's a noticeable career high. So he's played really well this season. And I know you've talked about it that like, hey, this is probably the best case he's had at this point of a season for MVP. Like this is as good an argument as he's had so far throughout his career. Well, not according to a hundred NBA insiders or I should uh, 94 NBA insiders, Sean, uh, this was over at ESPN. They did their NBA MVP straw poll, which they do throughout the season. They basically poll a hundred different NBA insiders from around the league and just get their perspective on, Hey, what's your, uh, what's your ballot look like right now? Who would you vote for, for MVP? Here are the results in order. The MVP of the league is Joker. Mr. 40 points a game in the month of December, Joel Embiid. Joker is number two. So we've got Embiid one, Joker two. Number three, though, you'd think we'd start hearing Luca's name. Embiid is 35 a game. 
Yeah. And wow. he, he's just, uh, he's 35, 12, and six. He's averaging 40 this month, I think. He's gone over 40 like five different times already this month. He's been incredible. He put up 51 the other night. Woo. He's been an incredible. Uh, but it's Embiid, it's Jokic. Then at number three, it's Giannis. Giannis is there. Player, okay. Player of the week, along with Luca. So surely Luca would come in at number four. Nope. It's Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is next up on this list and then coming in at number five on the ballot right now, wow. which there's really only five contenders that anybody's talking about. And apparently Luca's last among them. Luca Doncic comes in at number five. He got six first place votes out of the hundred ballots, uh, but he had the fewest total points on the ballot of anybody there. He had a fourth place finish or worse on about half the ballots. He was fourth or fifth on 48 of the hundred ballots. Shea is beating him in one category. That's field goal percentage. Luca is scoring more, 32 to 30. Luca has eight and a half rebounds. Shea is six. Luca has nine assists. Alexander has six. So that makes no sense to me. Luca has two more turnovers a game. And Shea, like, I mean, when you just look well, at Oklahoma City, they're given that because they're a top two. They're the two seed. So it's a it's a standings thing. That that's yeah, and I, I totally get that. But like, man, one of the things that here he's also just like when you look at the 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 per one hundred possessions efficiency, Shea has been one of the worst defenders in the NBA too. So like that that criticism that always gets leveled against Luca. I mean, he his defensive rating this year is one twenty nine, which basically means they're scoring you know one hundred twenty nine points per. 100 possessions or whatever. So, I, I don't know. It, it's something that he's he's not been very efficient this year um, on, on the defensive end, and I, I don't see how it's anything that you could have him over Luke at this point. Other than, like you say, they're just looking at it as, well, this is a team award. Like, similar to how people look at NFL MVP and they're not going to put him up at the top. It, it, it's got to be the same thing. They're not going to view it as the Cy Young where they'll let 500 Felix Hernandez win, you know, the Cy Young award. But that's where it stands right now. Old Luca, fifth out of five in the MVP conversation. So disappointing, yeah. but I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll rally at some point. If he keeps playing the way he does, he, it's going to be difficult to keep him out of the conversation for the top three. All right, Bobby, uh, we've gotten along uh, pretty well this week. Gotten along today. No fights yet. That uh, that ends probably here, as I do have to admit something to you. Oh, no. Chris, did you get the music? Go ahead. No. Let's play it. Look, man. I like I like this girl a lot. Why? Not the music. I'm not. This isn't a musical discussion, but she's likable. Taylor Swift personally handing out generous tips to food service workers at the Chiefs game. Uh, what are we doing? I here? do that. You don't. You don't say it's good. You say I'm an idiot when I do it. Yeah, and 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 the numbers have come in to prove that Taylor Swift is. Good for the National Football League. Allegedly. I'm rooting for them. I'm allegedly. Rooting. I'm rooting for them. A Marist poll, according to the Kansas City Star, it was a, a Marist poll in conjunction with the Kansas City Star, says 70% believe Taylor Swift has positively impacted the NFL. That includes 71% of football fans. So seven out of 10 football fans would tell you, oh, yeah, Taylor Swift, 
She's been great for the NFL. Other results from the survey, 80% of Swifties think the pop superstar is positively influencing the NFL. Regardless of demographic group, at least a majority say Swift is beneficial to the NFL. However, women, 75%, are more likely than men, 64%, to have this view. Most Americans, the 70%, have a positive impression of Swift. 30% have an unfavorable view of her. I just, it's part part of it is I think, I, I just don't think I can separate her from her fans. Yeah. Like like the intensity of the fans. Because look, I, I if there was no buzz about her, if there was no, oh my gosh. Have you she's, watched her documentary? No. Are you, well you should, maybe you should. Addison's seen it so many times already. She loves well, it. Well, you had, didn't by osmosis take in any of no, it? No, no. I'm, I'm not going to listen to any of that. But <laughs> the, here's the thing is that it's, it's if she was just a regular artist and there was no discussion about her or no narrative about her, I wouldn't have any issue with her, I don't think. The problem is when people start talking about her like she's this modern day like female Bob Dylan with her songwriting. I'm like, it's not that. It's very basic, people. What is it? What is yeah. this? Why I, are you telling me vanilla ice cream is the most elaborate thing we've <laughs> ever gotten? I'll leave the musical stuff to Chris. You're you're a music guy. Where where do you stand on Tay Tay? I, th- I think I have to post a clip from this to Twitter and send it to Swifty uh, Stan mm. Twitter. I think I think you're about to start a war uh, I, I, with Taylor Swift fans out here. I have. Uh, you, do you know how many times I've said stuff about Taylor Swift on Twitter, well, and I it gets think her blasted sw- into the universe? And I have got, I've gotten hammered by Swifties before. Are you I, for real? I'm dead From serious. From a sports talk audience. So it was. I posted. You know those stupid BuzzFeed maps that are like, here's every state's favorite fast food restaurant or whatever. I had posted an image one time that I said, here's every state's most hated person. And it was a map, and I just put Taylor Swift's face under it, and it was over every state. And to their credit, I never put Taylor Swift in her name or anything else. They still found it somehow. And they blew it up, and my DMs got inundated with people threatening to kill me and telling me what a moron I am and everything else. So I've gotten their ire before. So your thought on her... I mean, yeah, I'm she not has a, a thought. huge fan of the music, yeah. but I mean, but her her longevity. Can we respect her longevity and put some respect on her name? She's my age. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to call her longevity. Well, She's in her mid 30s. They start early. They start very, very Get early. Get them while they're young, Evita. I'm a, I, I'm rooting for. Her. I like her. I, I think she's a likable personality, in my opinion. And the NFLs. You know, they're benefiting. I'm with, from I'm with you, Sean. You I'm know? Team Scooter Braun. If I have to listen to any Taylor Swift songs, I'm going to listen to the ones he has the royalties to. National Football League is trying to go commercial free for the fourth quarter. Which is very interesting. Like, this is almost kind of like our uh, our version of the Expressway. Yes. Like, th- this is a great idea, I think. So, they are trying. They're basically going to sacrifice potential ad revenue uh, with fourth quarter. They've got the their first Peacock exclusive game coming up between the Bills and the Chargers. And what they're opting for is a commercial-free fourth quarter. And what they're hoping is that that'll, you know, uh, encourage engagement, encourage people to stick around, and ultimately it will have people feeling like, okay, I can do this Peacock thing. I can hang around. I can do Peacock. Because, you know, we hear Choppy complain about he doesn't like that he can't jump back and forth. He can't go between the TV broadcast and then go back to Peacock. Like, he can't channel surf. And so their solution to this is, hey, look, the fourth quarter of football – you're not even going to get commercials, okay? You just get to sit there. You will get a commercial-free broadcast. Hang with us. We'll show you that it's worth sticking around for. So I think this is a great idea because, I mean, it's again, it's sort of similar to what we found with the Expressway, that, that people enjoy the, hey, you know what? It's nice to just have 35 minutes uninterrupted, and it's the same sort of thing that the NFL or that Peacock specifically is trying with the NFL. Do you guys, do you find yourself doing a lot of things during commercial breaks, like last night, or do you just sit there? 
Um, no, so I have two kids I start, and I have one kid. I'll, I'll, I mean, I scroll a lot. Like I'll just like have my yeah. phone on me. So I, I do have a tendency to bounce back and forth. One of the great things about YouTube TV that you'll find when you finally cut the cord, I am Sean, is the specifically during college football season is the multi view. So that's always really good. You can put like four games up. You can four box different college games and just taking whatever. If there's multiple NBA games on at once or NFL games, you can have multiple ones on. So. Um, I, I do generally, I can't just stay focused on one thing. I've either got a previous channel, multi-box things, or just scroll on my phone. Some people, uh, while the weather is like this, uh, pretty nasty outside, and when it's cold in the Metroplex, decide to take a little vacation with the family. I know uh, Armando down the hall over at La Grande did it. Disney, taking the kids to Disney during this time of year, and I saw Nick Cannon Talk about how much he spends at Disney every single year. I mean, he has 50 yeah, kids. Yeah, 12 kids. Yeah, he's got yeah. a bunch of kids he's got to take. The Tyree Kill of, uh, or who else? Cavante Turpin. Uh, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Cavante, does Cavante have a lot of kids? I don't remember. That was the KNC reference the other day in Crosstalk. Nick Cannon with 12 children. How much do you think he spends every year? Uh, assuming he goes more than once, I mean, like, isn't a family of four supposed to be like five, six thousand dollars to you, go on this have trip? Have you taken your girls? No, no. Like, I mean, that's a don't whole... you think they'd love it? Okay, that's a big fight that we have in our family. Yeah, that uh, you're like, oh, I want to get my girls a gift. I want them to know. I won't let my wife do it. So I wait to the last second so that I can be the favorite okay, parent. So... I want. I really want to be dad girl, but you're like, screw Disney. Dad no. girl, girl dad. So. Whatever. <laughs> no, bad dad. The the uh. No, no. 200k a year. Okay, see, I was about to guess way under that. I was going to say 100, but geez. 200k a year for 12 kids. That is absurd. See, I, my whole thing with the Disney thing is I just don't I believe that I would make it unenjoyable and then they won't just go by themselves. They want me to go with why them. Why would you make it unenjoyable? Because I'd be sitting there the whole time going, "Why am I paying for something that's essentially six flags in Florida? Why am I doing the this?" The Disney characters? Your girl loves Star Wars. I don't know whether Star Wars is there, but I don't know. I don't it, know. And, or you could be like the grandparents. Yeah, these grandparents, They, uh, this family in Illinois, their, their Christmas vacation almost went seriously sideways. So in order to save some money, they had gone to Sam's Club and bought $10,000 worth of Disney gift cards because... At Sam's Club, I guess you can get gift cards 25% off the value. And so they were thinking, okay, cool. We can save $2,500 on our vacation. This will be great since we're all going together. There was only one problem. When they started trying to key them in online, Sean, they realized this this isn't taking. What's the problem? Oh, they had purchased $10,000 worth of Disney Plus streaming gift cards. (laughs) So that's not applicable to the theme park. You just basically bought a million memberships people luckily the story went viral on tiktok uh it was the costin family talking about it and uh the woman who posted it said after it went viral disney took notice of it contacted them and said hey we can sort this out for you guys to where we can correct this so ultimately happy ending but man that's the uh that is a little bit of a boomer thing you get late 70s thinking you're buying disney cards and they're disney plus if you miss the head coach of america's team we got mike mccarthy previewing the dolphins coach all business this morning, like many Tolos want him to be after the Buffalo ass whipping. Mike McCarthy next on the fan. It is now time for the head coach of America's team here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Sean Sharon. Damn it. <laughs> I'm Sean Sharif alongside our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt here 
on DFW Sports Station, joined by the head coach of the Cowboys, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. Good morning, Coach. Hey, good morning, man. How's your week going? It's going pretty well. How's yours going? It's going okay. It's going okay. When is the uh, when's the last time, have you ever, I doubt it, but the old saying of just flush the tape, have you ever done that in your coaching career where you just didn't watch it as much or you're like, I'm not showing this to the guys? I mean, actually, I've, I've been part of that, um, you know, situation as an assistant, but I, I don't recall doing it as a head coach. Uh, I, I just believe in, you know, the Monday growth opportunity. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details is is huge uh, regardless of the outcome of the game and and the game is the is the best tape of the week you know you, you think about all the video and the instruction and, and the conversation that you have during the course of the week and the game plan and then you go play the game and you know everybody wants to be on victory monday and, and be off and i just i just have never I, I, just, I just don't believe in it so and i think when you do have a loss especially the type of loss that we had um it there's a lot of good learning um you know to, to, to go through and you have to do it because you're never going to grow from it i mean learning learning about a situation is a lot different than growing from one so um so I, that's why i'm not a burn the tape uh, person you were uh, proven right earlier in the season when we were kind of talking about the red zone struggles being overblown i'd like to ask you which one you think is more overblown right now between the home and road topic or the Issues with run defense. Um, I, I think the numbers on the, the the home and the road. I mean, you can't you can't. I mean, you I mean you can't can't deny them. I mean, there, there's a there's a huge gap. There's always a gap, usually between your your home and road. And you know, when you're when you're really really playing top consistent football. I mean, obviously your performances are, are very similar uh, on the road and the home. So, um, but but I, I would say that. Uh, the conversation about the the, the home and road uh, performances is, is is something that we're definitely talking about inside here. Coach, I never I know you're never going to make excuses, but when it comes to the the run defense, how much are we missing about the way you guys are built in a, in a passing league, or just how much you guys have been decimated? at linebacker with, with injuries versus making it a toughness slash the Cowboys can get bullied thing versus the guys that you've lost there and the adjustments you're having to make with some safeties playing linebacker. 
Well, I, this is the NFL, um, and it's a 17-game season, and I think clearly, you know, the, the way you play in week one and week seven and week 14, it's it's probably going to be different, you know, based on personnel and, and things that are going on. Yes, I mean, we, we, we've, had, we've had some injuries, um, and, you know, I, I think we've proven over and over again if if we can get through, you know, the injury challenge and uh, have a chance to be consistent with with guys playing together, you know, for a, a you know a good period of time, that we'll be we'll be where we want to be. I mean, we're we're beat up in some spaces. Um, you know, we, we had some guys that missed the last game, and you know, but the, but the end of the day, you know, you miss twelve tackles in a game. It's it's uh, you're, you know it's it's definitely going to show up in your run defense. So and that that was our biggest you know takeaway from the film. So you know we we, we did not tackle, and, that, and that's not. You know, just to give you numbers, I think we're plus 97 or plus 87 on a year. You know, as far as you know, tackle missed tackles versus breaking tackles, and it, you know that's something that we we pride ourselves on. So, you know, that that's you know that's not the way we played consistently all year. But our, our tackling was the biggest issue in our run defense. Mike McCarthy here on the fan. You guys have responded to losses every single time this year. Have you seen or felt that same resolve or, or bounce back from the guys, whether it be practice or just in speaking with them with their mentality that this week after Buffalo? Oh, absolutely. I, I think anytime you have an experience like like we you know had uh, Sunday, there's always more conversation, and and, and I think it's important for that conversation to to really um, you know manifest itself in the locker room, and um, you know and that's that, that's frankly what's been going on this week. Coach, you know, as a leader, when when you look at the challenges coming out of a game like that, how do you balance? Okay, I need to demand accountability from the players when they don't meet the standard in the loss versus making sure, hey, they they've got to remain encouraged and focused on the task ahead. Well, I, I think you've already you've answered it in your question. I mean, you got to you got to have both, and, and it's and it's frankly, I, I I've always felt that it's a bigger challenge with success than when when the things don't go well. So. Um, yeah, and the accountability starts with myself. I mean, it, the team did not perform to the level that it's been performing the you know the last two months, and um, you know those those are the moments that, that that keep you up at night as a coach. And um, so um, I, I've had the extra conversations, um, and you know our guys have responded. This team is high and high in work ethic. Uh, you can see it in their workload capacity each and every week. Um, they've you know. They've put together two really good days so far, and the Wednesday, Thursday work. So, um, and that's how they have always responded, and that's a great foundation for, you know, a great foundation in your prep uh, to go into this next contest. Coach, you drew some really favorable comparisons to Brett Favre when you were talking about Josh Allen last week. W- with two of this week, is there anybody that he reminds you of, and and just talk about uh, how you see him as a player? Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I, I was trying to do a comparable from earlier in the week because he, he, he's playing so fast. Um, I mean, God, his numbers of getting the ball out of his hand are extraordinarily high. And um, and I, could, I couldn't really think of anybody um, that I've seen play that quickly, um, you know, consistently. So, uh, but he's, uh, he's obviously got great numbers. Um, he does a phenomenal job of getting the ball out of his hand so quick. And, you know, he's hitting his speedy receivers. Uh, their whole perimeter obviously is uh, you know extremely extremely fast and he's hit, you know he's hitting those guys in stride so uh, I've been very impressed yeah is this the fastest team coach that you guys have definitely seen this year on tape oh I, I, yeah I would say so yeah clearly I mean they got five they got five guys that have legitimate 
big time speed. Tyreek Hill. Um, we, we were trying to decide years ago. Is he just a straight receiver? Is he a weapon? He's here in the MVP conversation. He's coming off the ankle injury. Bobby stole my comparison question, but I was just wondering if there's another type of threat that you can think of that can just blow the top off like this guy. I mean, is this Randy Moss type stuff with the home run threat? And just what do you what do you think of Tyreek as a as a as a weapon? I think uh, Tyreek is a is a dynamic football player, and I, and I think he, you know, he is out of the category of a receiver or, you know, just a weapon because you know he, you see him do it from multiple positions, and, you know, and, that, and that's that's part of the the challenge because obviously he can you know get vertical, but also the, getting the ball underneath is is also very impactful. Uh, just for the way he, the way he goes with the ball in his hand. So, and you know, and I think the, the offense uh, stressing the perimeter, particularly the contain elements, and the force elements over and over again, uh, you know, really lays up well for him. So, uh, but yes, he's uh, very, very. I mean, his tapes, his tape is really impressive. Is this uh, Mike McDaniel offense very similar to Kyle in in what he does in San Francisco, coming from that coaching tree? Oh, I think there's definitely, you know, similarities and, uh, you know, things that you can see where the foundation uh, in the run game of, you know, they're, they're attacking your rules. You know, it's, they're really attacking your, you know, rules by formation and personnel, um, you know, particularly the, the perimeter run. I think they do a really good job of stretching the C-gap area and, and really challenging your edges. Um, so, but, yeah, it's, but obviously the personnel is different, and I, I think he's done a really nice job tying it to their personnel. Coach, I wanted to ask you about something that we we saw a couple weeks ago that was really interesting. So I know you once said in Green Bay that a lesson you learned from your dad's uh, bar and grill growing up was to listen to your bartenders. And a couple weeks back, there was this mic'd up segment where Brandon Cooks scored in the Washington game, and he's on the sideline joking around about how, like, oh, man, I, I knew I could hit that. It wasn't in the game plan originally. I asked Coach. He put it in there. I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Is it important to you to have that culture where there, there are these open lines of communication where your players feel like, hey, I can go to coach when I really believe in a concept, and it's equally important to you to say, hey, if you believe in this, I want it in there. No, absolutely, and you know, and I think the, the best thing about that is, you know, when 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 someone does recommend it, whether it's a player or, or an assistant coach, you know, it, it has to be tied to what we do, and 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 I, you know, Brandon's uh, recommendation on the pacer route was was right in tune with what was going on. So, and then, and it was a great recommendation and, and obviously we hit it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why we spend as, as much time as we do together. And, you know, and I, I think as you, you know, as you grow, it's, it's not just the veteran and the quarterback that's having those conversations. You got your young guys. So it's, it's all part of the, you know, the football IQ of your football team. And, and that's why going back to the earlier question about how important Mondays are, I mean, you have to talk about the game tape. You, you get, you know, that, that that's the tape you should talk the most about. And you know, and the beauty of you know playing on the road, most of our guys have already watched the watched the game on our iPads before we even get on before we even get on the plane. So I mean, we're able to grade the, the you know the video on the plane ride home. And so, so I just think having that process in place, um, the conversation, the opportunity to learn and grow from the game tape is so important. And then I think it, it you know, definitely leads into moments uh, like you just expressed with Brandon. 
Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy joining us here on the fan. Uh, coach, we just talked about Mike McDaniel, how how he stresses things with his scheme. Uh, you're going up against a guy that you're very familiar with. I, I know you went up against a lot uh, when you were in Green Bay, and that's Vic Fangio. How does Vic Fangio make things difficult on an offense's game plan? Well, I, I think like anything, when you when you look at a coordinator, you, you first – you know, you look at his scheme, you know, where is he challenges as far as utilization of personnel, how does he react to your personnel, you know, and, and then you and then you look at the fundamentals in the teachings and the discipline of, you know, how, the, how, how their guys are playing. And I think really if you're looking at coordinators, uh, particularly, you know, someone like Vic that, that's been in multiple places, um, you know, his, his defenses have always played consistently to high scheme and, and excellent fundamentals. And, that, and that's, to me, that's that's a good that's a good defensive coordinator. So, um, and that's what you see in Miami. You can see that in the earlier earlier tapes. You know um, that you know they they weren't as as clean as you know they're probably you know weren't as clean as they are now. So it's uh, you know there's a lot of scheme, a lot of things that they make you work. Uh, but it's a you know it's it's a team that has excellent pass rush. They do you know excellent job taking the ball away. You know their corners are top notch. So uh, this is this is a very very good challenge for us. Yeah, it, it feels like coach their defense gets lost with all the highlights offensively, ranking fifth overall. Uh, but you're seeing a lot of big time talent there, and the names with with Chubb and Ramsey maybe gets lost a little bit compared to their offense. Well, I think it's like anything, you know, when you when you start the season, you everybody has an idea how you want your team to look and how you want them to play and have a an identity that you're trying to play to. And I think when you when you have an offense that's been explosive, um, as there's, you know, I, you know, that's where, you know, the complimentary mindset, uh, for myself always comes from, but when you come out of the gate, like they did, I, you know, had the 170 point game when, you know, there, there, there's a, there's an adjustment for your defense. You talk about playing with the lead, you know, offenses play you differently, uh, when you're playing to an offense again, and it takes, sometimes it takes the defense to adjust. And my point is statistically, you know, the beginning of the season compared to where they now, I mean, there's just been a lot of improvement. I think it's, you know, I think it's just all part of a team growing and, and establish themselves during the year because, you know, they, they, they played to a high number of points, um, you know, really from week one. Coach, when we talk about some of the linebacker numbers that you guys have dealt with throughout the season with, with losing some guys, uh, one of the suggestions that, that listeners have brought up, or it's been a topic on social media, what about Micah Moore off-ball? I know we scream nonstop to put him on the line with what a Hall of Fame-type talent he is as a pass rusher with the productivity. What do you say to that idea or suggestion of, all right, maybe Micah can help there on that on that second level, uh, especially you know in run defense? Oh, definitely. No, that, that's part of the conversations we have, but I think you know it's – it, it really comes down to matchups, you know, and, and really, you know, football is really simply mathematics when you talk about scheme and, and you know, how do they match up against your, you know, your one pieces, your two pieces, and your three pieces based on how you lay out your coverage and so forth. So that, that, those are the things you go through. And because the end of the day, it's about, you know, run defense first, but all, but also the matchups, particularly with this, with this group because of their ability to threaten the perimeter so much. Are you feeling more optimistic for Tyron or Zach on Sunday? Um, uh, I would say Zach's ahead of Tyron right now. And then final one for you, Coach. Uh, the matchup, considering what happened with Denver and Arlington and what was said after the game, is this is this kind of mine, X's and O's matchup with Fangio? Like a, is this one a little bit personal for you? 
Um, I mean, they're, they're always I – mean, I love competing against these guys. I, I don't recall what was said after the game, but, um, yeah, this, we're look, I'm looking forward to competing. No, no question about it. Coach, thank you for the time as always. Have a fantastic trip and, more importantly, a very, very – well, I don't know if it's more important, but just as important, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and the family. All right, happy holidays, everybody. Take care. Can the Rams help out the Cowboys after what they did last night? Is Mike Tomlin gone? And Mike Florio started some trouble talking about Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick. What do the real experts think about a New England trade? Final hour of the week with Sean and Bobby next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.